ACASTCAST. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. I'm very pleased to have you each with us today, and we appreciate all our listeners and our audience. Tonight, we have a special guest, Wendy Cooper. Wendy has a background as a psychotherapist, a credentialed green building consultant, and an animal communicator. She's utilized her intuitive gifts as an animal communicator to assist her clients with overcoming grief associated with a sick or deceased pet and to gain an increased understanding about a pet's health and behavior from the pet's perspective. Wendy initially worked as a psychotherapist for many years, enjoying a very successful private practice. 18 years ago, she felt drawn to animal communication. Her mission relates to about why your animal came to you at this specific time in your life. Wendy is a Reiki level two energy healing practitioner and co-author of the renowned book, The Spirit of Women Entrepreneurs. I am pleased to welcome Wendy Cooper to our show. Good evening, Wendy. How are you today? Hi, Jason. I'm doing very well, thank you. Glad to be here. Great. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on our show. I uh, just gave you a brief introduction. I talked about your background as a psychotherapist and a credentialed green building consultant and animal communicator. And I wanted to uh, have your, your gifts shared on the show and your perspective so that our listeners could benefit from what you actually offer on a daily basis to everyone that you work with. Thank you. Can you tell us a little about your background in terms of what puts you on your path that you currently are on as an animal communicator? It's actually been quite a journey. I have had essentially three different careers, as you just mentioned, starting with psychotherapy in my early 20s. Got a master's degree and did all kinds of powerful work in that industry, including employee assistance program work and worked with community mental health and kids and teenagers. And I, and then I got into private practice. I had a very strong psychotherapy practice for many years. And then I actually got sick. I got Lyme disease. And I knew I needed to leave that industry because although it was very helpful to be a psychotherapist, it actually helped to heal me. 
I knew I needed to be in the, the environmental world. I, I guess I found a way out by getting Lyme disease, to be honest, because a, a psychic, someone like you, said to me, you are not going to die from Lyme disease, but you are going to live from it. And that was a big turning point for me, Jason, because I soon left the psychotherapy practice. I took a year sabbatical, and then I switched careers. I became a green building consultant at that point because I was interested in the environment. And and your question was, how did I get to be an animal communicator? It looks like I have three different careers, and yet it's actually the same. I call it mission, which is a term that I've gotten from the animals, too, that they each come to the earth plane with a mission. Well, I came to the Earth Plane with a mission, too, and I say that my mission is to learn myself and to assist others to learn how to find our way back home. Home is to be happiest and healthiest. Many of us aren't so happy on the Earth Plane. It's a pretty dense energy here and uh, not always an easy place to, to be, and yet all three of those careers are very, very in sync with that finding our way back home. When you say finding your way back home, and that's with a capital H, if I'm correct, I wanted you to kind of elaborate a little on that because I think it's a very interesting concept. It goes along with the concept that we are spiritual beings that just happen to be in physical bodies, in these manifested bodies. And yet most of us primarily focus on the five senses. That is what we can see and hear and touch and feel. And, and well, we could say the sixth sense too. That's kind of the, the feeling or the intuition. And, and, and that's really what the animal communication is about. I call it intuition on steroids. Um, but to get back to your question about our way back home, it really has to be with it has to do with that realization that we are spiritual beings, and in order to be happiest and healthiest on the earth plane, we need to recognize that. And there are many, many, many ways to to get to Rome, as the animals say in sessions, um, meaning there isn't just one right way to find that spiritual place in us and that connection spiritually. And yet it is important. So for some people, it's religion. For, for many people, it's spirituality on some level, be it meditation or a, just a connection on, to our higher selves or higher beings, what, whatever you might want to call it. Yeah, I just wondered I mean, if that made sense around the description no, of home, what I mean by home. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's the understanding that we're all interconnected and that we all have a, a past that in our, in our role on this planet, we are all a part of a common fabric. At least that's one of my interpretations of that, including animals, humans, everything that has a spirit, everything that has a life essence. And there's another component to that, Jason, that I've discovered is really important, and that is that we tend to be focused on money. What, what can I do to make money to support myself? And yet, really, as we recognize that spiritual nature, the bigger question is, am I doing what I am supposed to be doing on the earth plane right now? And how do we discover that? That's our passion. What are we brought here to do? What's my purpose? What makes my heart sing? 
how that how the animals fit into my mission is that is that in the green building world, the message was let's find our way to be in sync with the animals and and the rest of the the planet, be it plants and the sea life and everything else and and there's a concept in the building world or actually just the environmental world called closed systems. And that means that all trash is food for something else. We as humans are the only species who don't live that way. Every other species lives from the premise that any waste that's produced is food for something else. And so that's what the green building world was about. It's, it's, it's how to to live in harmony with the planet, and, but also be happy and, and have really good air quality and good water quality and love our homes. And, and that's a big component of it, too. It's not just giving up our amenities in life. It's also being happy with those amenities and then spreading the word to everyone else. That was my vision in the green building career with both, both homes and commercial buildings. I had the the hobby of the animal communication for years. I started that 18 years ago when my dog was sick and my natural vet said, I can't do anything else for her. You need to go to an animal communicator. And I said, an animal what? And I'd been on a spiritual path by that time. And yet I thought, okay, I'm going to be open to this because I really wanted Jaja, the four-pound Maltese, who was a part of my therapy practice, to be well. And I contacted an animal communicator. I had to try three before I believed it. And it changed our lives, this animal communication. So I took a class, and it became a hobby. How did you it, it, uh, learn it? Like, what, did you, what steps did you take to actually, without giving away any of your intellectual property, of course, but, like, what steps started you on that path? It was really the class that I took with a very close friend of mine, and then I started to practice I practiced with every animal I could, I could practice with wild animals because I was, I was and still am a, a hiker. I would practice with friends' animals, and by coincidence or not, I had for two years straight after I took that class many friends whose animals were crossing over, meaning meaning dying. And they were in such pain, that, and they begged me. They said, Wendy, I don't care if you think you're competent or incompetent around the animal communication. I need some support here. Please do the animal communication for me. Consequently, I got lots of practice in doing animal communication, and it, it really assisted my process of learning, and it was very helpful for them as well. And, and that was part of it, is the practice and practice and practice. I was really self-motivated, Jason, and in a way that probably most people are not, which is why I say you can do it on your own, but it's, it's not as easy as if you have some support, meaning from other sure. people that are, that are also practicing. Yeah, I teach it too. I teach people how to do the animal communication. But you say, how did I get into it? It was um, a whole, whole lot of practice. And so I now have thousands of hours of practice and experience. Yeah. What's like the most amazing thing that you've gotten from your earlier experiences as an animal communicator, when you started actually realizing that you were able to connect with your pet or with some animal, what was like the most amazing aspect of that that you can recall? Oh my goodness, there's so many amazing aspects of it. The shifts in both animals and people, that's amazing to me, that we can do something telepathic 
which just means an exchange of data through other than the five senses. And in this case, it's with animals, i.e. animal communication. It's telepathic communication. It's their natural language. And through this transfer of thoughts and feelings between, from the humans to the animals, or between the animals and the animals, that they shift on the earth plane. And yet, what I've been guided to continually teach from the animals is that people, when they do the animal communication, they're supposed to look for that, what I call, earth plane proof that the animals are shifting, and yet don't depend on it, because if you do, you probably will not be doing this for very long. That's not the only way that we can tell that this is real. And so there have been many, many amazing experiences, but one of them is that is is mostly with the grief process, Jason. That's the most exciting part of my job, and people think, oh my gosh, you, you like dealing with death? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why would you enjoy dealing with death? And yet, the other side fascinates me. Every session is completely different, and the animals have a very different experience about the death process than humans do, and we learn lots of things from them about the other side and the the process of the spirit leaving the body. And so it's it's just amazing, not only from the animal's perspective, but also when the animals give this data, it shifts the, the people around their grief about the animals, not only while they're still here, but even once they've crossed over, because we have access to the animals once they've crossed over, still. So they stay with us (laughs) after they pass. Well, that's an interesting statement. They stay with us. In many cases, they do. In most cases, the animals will say, I will be with you for a period of time. Now, if in 10% of the cases, about 10%, the animal is what I call spirit guide energy. And that means that the person is supposed to stay in contact with that particular animal for the rest of their earth plane lives here. And for many people, that's very validating. And they're grateful to hear that because people keep saying, you need to move on. You need to get another pet. Just replace that pet or you need to get over this. And yet, the person's experience is, is that it's as though they just lost the right arm. What? What do you mean, get exactly. over it? This is a huge thing. To be given permission to stay connected to that pet is a game changer. It's life-altering. And then we talk about how they stay connected, how they do the animal communication. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's phenomenal. I have a caller. I'm going to try to integrate a call here just because we're about 15 minutes in and I want to sure. see if they have any questions for you. Hold on one second. Hi, this is Jason Zook. May I ask who's calling? It showed up as a caller, but I guess either they're not available, but let's get back to our interview. I, uh, things I wanted to ask you is with reference to animal communication, everybody has someone either they know that's real close to their pet or they've had a pet themselves. And uh, I'd like to ask you, what do you believe are the benefits to using animal communication for our pet? There are many, many benefits. And, and it can be as simple as that the pet is crossing over and you're not sure, gee, is this pet ready to go? 
Is he in pain? Is he on the right kinds of medicines? Um, what does he need for me to do before he crosses over? This is a really good time to do animal communication if you're not sure what the pet needs next. Of course, we don't want our pets to suffer, and if, if they're ready and they need our assistance, we want to serve them, and yet we get into that place of, gee, I don't want to play, quote-unquote, God. I want you to go on your own. I experienced that with Jaja, actually, the four-pound Maltese, and yet I got lots of messages which is it's something on my website, animalcommunication.biz, in reference to some messages I got in reference to why I was supposed to put Jaja to rest and that she wouldn't go on her own because there were certain things we were supposed to learn and, and grow, and, and that assisted us in that process. But to continue about the benefits, if there are behavioral challenges with the animal, if the person's going on vacation, especially if the pet has separation anxiety, that's a good time to do animal communication. If there are big changes in the family, that is if a kid's going to college or even if a kid's going to camp or if family's getting a divorce, to be able to let the animal know what's going on so that they can feel safe and cared for. If there's a new pet coming into the home or if a person's just curious, animal communication is their language and we need to learn their language in order to connect. Yeah, in the most direct and profound way for them. But you can also get some not only guidance around what they need, but you can negotiate at times too. For the example, if the if the pet wants something in particular, but the human says, nope, can't do that. For instance, change their food and to a, a certain kind of food that's just either too expensive or that's just too much work, we negotiate. And we can help the pets to understand that the human's doing the best they can and, and that we are imperfect. And, and yet uh, we love our pets and we can help the pets to feel better about whatever's going on in reference to what the humans need versus what the pet needs. Yeah. So those are pretty much the benefits. Yeah. I would say just having a pet after not having one for a while, I have two birds and they make a difference in your house. The energy there, when you walk in, you hear them, you feel them, you can feel their energy, you know? And I I just think that that's such a great thing when you have dogs or cats or birds, whatever it is, whatever kind of pet it is, fish, it it depends, you know, having that added addition into your life and your household, I think it really does improve your quality of living and gives you that ability to come home with a capital H at your own house. Yes, they are teachers and healers, and it's as though you're bringing the outdoors in when one, when one has a pet. That's what it's like. It's about the wild part of us because there's a wildness that comes out in the animals, no matter where they are, and it reminds us of that aspect of ourselves that is wild and connected on these deeper levels. You do regular animal communication sessions. And I just want to know, can you tell us a little example of what one of your typical sessions are like with a client? Sure. All my sessions are by phone. And the reason for that is that I'm a much better channel compared to being in the presence of the animal. The reason for that is that my five senses would get in the way if I'm in the presence of the animal and the person. And that's another reason I don't even do Skype because then I'm connecting with the person and seeing them and it's it's just a distraction. When I'm on the phone, 
the sessions are a minimum of 45 minutes on the first time just because the animals need to have what I call their free reign, their time to talk directly to their human companions. And the way I do that is the first few moments are I'm asking some basic questions, the name, the gender, if there's some trauma history, when the animal came to the person, how old they are. Those are pretty much the questions. And then I'm looking at a photograph where I can see the eyes. The eyes are the window to the soul, so to speak. And if there are a bunch of animals on the screen, that is, even if there's an issue with one animal, I'm wanting the photos of everybody in the family just in case some other pets have information about the pet that's having the issue. And we see who wants to come in first. It feels like a magnet as, as I have everybody on the screen and somebody pulls me to them and then they get to talk first, so to speak. They give all kinds of data. Then we ask them the questions, whatever those questions are. And of course, we want to get some concrete data on what the animal needs, whether it's food, meds, home situation, And sometimes things get remedied in one session, Jason, and other times it takes a few. Some people actually do packages with me, which means they talk to me once or twice a month and they are on a spiritual path with their animals, be them on the present earth plane or crossed over. That is really powerful, to be on a spiritual path with the animals. So I'm tuning into the animals in reference to present day life issues or helping the the human to find their mission in life, um, really, really deeply powerful. But that's essentially what a session is like, where there, there are themes that come through, and yet every session is, is very, very different. And sometimes in one session, a person can have a, a big shift in their mindset, in their perspective, and in their, in their grief around, around their experience of, of their animals. You spoke about how there are certain sessions that actually one session can make a difference for one of your clients that might be grieving or worried about their their pet. Can you Mm -hmm. give us an example of that? Sure. I will give you an example. This is another story that's on my website, and this one came to me today thinking, gee, I wonder if I'm supposed to talk about Max. Max is on the other side now crossed over, but this is a guy named David who called me some years ago and said, Wendy, you're just not going to believe this. Um, Max crossed over and it was a horrific, about once a month, Jason, I get these what sound like horrific situations. And in this one, um, it's where Max was at uh, outside in nature with his two siblings, other two dogs uh, that David has. And he a spirit guide energy, really important energy for David. So this is a very important dog for him. And David knew that Max was having a difficult time, wasn't sure when he'd be ready to go, but he seemed okay. And he was calling Max to come out of the water. They were at just a, in a nature place. And Max wasn't really coming. And suddenly, you'll see more details. I haven't read this story in quite some time as I'm reporting it here, but so the details are are on the website. But this suddenly, David saw all these bees going to Max. Somehow Max got into a, a beehive. And what David saw is him getting stung and stung and stung and stung. Now, that sounds pretty horrific, doesn't it? To see your most favorite one in the entire world getting stung by all these bees, and there was nothing David could do. And yet, 
And, and I was horrified, too, as I heard this story until I tuned in to Max. And Max was on the other side by this time, of course. And, of course, David did get to the point where he's able to rush Max to the hospital, but that was, it was he was already crossed. And he said something to the effect of, that was my, my way out. And those bee stings felt like little bitty, itty, bitty, bitty, bitty mosquito bites. And he says, but they were hardly that. I hardly felt it. I was so far out of my body by that time, not because of the bee stings, but because I was ready to go. And he says, this was the way I was set free. He says, I'm thrilled to be on the other side. I'm still serving you, David. And yet, that was a wonderful thing, that the bees set me free. Yes. What a different way of considering something. Like, one's a tragic way of considering it. Someone getting stung, an animal, your, your beloved animal getting stung and dying. The other one's a liberation. That's pretty, pretty exactly. remarkable. Exactly. Yes. And I get chills. I'm getting chills now. That's about the truth when I get chills. It's called a clairsentient message. You know that probably, where it's a feeling yeah. in my body. And when I retell these stories, you probably have the same experience, I get the chills again. Because, and I, it's probably 80 degrees in my house because I love the warmth, but <laughs> I still get the chills. Yeah, because it's profound. It's really, it makes me smile too, Jason, because these stories are just incredible. And the animals have such different ways of, of seeing the crossover process. There is no death, they say. There's just a change of form. And when I'm ready, I'm ready. I'll leave the body and... Uh, Sometimes they'll say, your only mistake is that you didn't come with me. Well, they don't mean when they say that to their human companion that they're asking the human to die with them. They don't mean that. What they mean is that they want the person to have the experience of, that the animal's having, where it's a leaving of the body and that experience of, of what the other side is like. It's just really cool to be that present during the crossover process. Well, especially the process itself. I'm assuming that most people, when they go and they realize their pet's dying, they don't think uh-huh. of that pet transitioning to another spot. I think a lot of times they're grieving because they don't understand it. Um, uh-huh. Have you had clients you work with where they have a really hard time after their pet passes where you're able to confirm for them that, in fact, their pet's on the other side and has just crossed over and hasn't you know, disappeared? Confirm, yes. And in most cases, people get that what I call earth plane proof that I couldn't have known certain things that I'm giving them, but not, not in every single case. But absolutely, there, there just aren't situations where, where I don't have access. I can almost count on one hand over the years when I, I can't have access to somebody. And when I don't, I'll say, let's try again tomorrow because this is highly unusual. And what that often means is that, is that I, uh, the animal needs to build trust. And that's a way to build trust, to say, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. I'm going to come back in tomorrow. And sure enough, when I go back in the next day, I'm able to have access. But when you say the proof that they're still, they still have access, I got that this morning in uh, a session where the anniversary of this animal's crossover was recent for this client of mine. And she has five animals, some of whom are still on the earth plane and a few that are crossed over. And she specifically asked this one animal to say, give me a really clear sign that you are still with me 
and what it is that you're with me for. And sure enough, that was the, I didn't know that. I didn't know that she asked for that. And this was about a month ago, the anniversary of the, the crossover. And sure enough, that animal jumped in first. I couldn't even get to anybody else. She jumped in first. And you know what? I'm not even remembering the exact data that she gave to the client, but she interrupted me, the, the human companion, and said, oh my gosh, thank you. That was, my, that was what I needed. That was my message that, that she really is here. So it, it's That's so amazing. funny, Jason. I don't know if... You have that experience sometimes that when I channel, I can't always grab on to the exact issues that came up because I'm just a channel. They come through me. Sure. It's where I'm not making it up. I'm not thinking it up, which is where I could probably grab it in my brain. It just comes through me. And so this was, this was probably six hours ago that this happened, and I can't grab on to the exact data that the, that the animal gave her, but it was completely validating to her proof. And this is an animal that crossed over a couple of years ago. Yeah. I was going to say during my mm-hmm. readings, a lot of times when I work with clients, I always say I'm an instrument that I don't remember the information that comes through from reading to reading. But a lot of times it's a very similar thing that someone's loved one will come through and relay information that they had asked before the reading to be told or verified about. And I think for them, it's just such a, just like your clients, it's such a, a reassuring thing, such a great feeling for them to have that and, and have that ability to receive that information where they ask for it in advance. Because I believe they, they know that they're able to communicate with their animal or, or deceased loved one, and that's something that is a verification for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was just going to give you another example of a story about a crossover process. And that is that this, this is a gentleman who I talked to a, a few years ago. He actually won, was guided to give a, a free 30-minute session in a grief support group. So I did that, and this gentleman won, an older gentleman, and, and he wasn't really even into it. I had to keep calling him to say, hey, guy, you know, you, you got this, you won. And so finally we did it, and he, what the issue was, was he was crying every day. He was having nightmares. He had the severe guilt and grief about his cat crossing over. And when we tuned in, what came up is that the death of the cat was tapping into the loss of his wife because he had lost his wife within the last few years as well. And when we did this session, it ended up being 45 minutes, every one of those symptoms left. The daily crying, the nightmares, and the severe grief now, some of it is that his, the wife came through, and so we were helping him to address that, and yet, isn't that amazing in 45 minutes that all of these, these symptoms just left? Now, that's amazing to me, just amazing. I just feel like it's so gratifying when you can do that. <laughs> so, yeah. that is amazing, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. In terms of the death process, because I know my own opinion on it, I wanted to ask you, in terms of your interaction with animals, how do they mm-hmm. actually view the death process on the other side compared to the way, you know, we've, as humans, have described it from various perspectives? I love talking about this subject. They describe the death process as, well, first of all, they're often reminding me that there is no death, so stop using the words. Sometimes they say, stop using the words altogether, and then sometimes they'll say, and if you have to use the words, spell them. And the reason for that is that there's a vibrational quality to the words death, dying, dead, 
and they say it's not healthy. It's synonymous with the C word, which is the cancer word in our society. When we hear this, those words, we go to this dark place, so to speak. And what the animals say is that for them, the crossover process is like walking through a beautiful doorway. And yet, at times, you may wonder, gee, but she seems to be dragging it out. He seems to be in pain. Why isn't he just leaving? There are many reasons for that. Sometimes it has to do with their work with their humans, that there are certain things that they want their humans to do before they leave. For an, ex- an example of that is, is that There are certain things that humans can do before the animal leaves that will help the grief process to be easier. And then the pets are also here for their own, they call them ascensions. That is their own spiritual process, their spiritual growth. Sometimes they need the experience of staying on the earth plane to grow spiritually. And that sometimes as much pain as they seem to be in, they say, nope, I'm not ready to go. I, I'm getting more from staying than I would from leaving. And sometimes that makes no sense to us. And, and yet uh, they'll say yes. And other times, Jason, they'll say, if you have to let me go, you have to let me go. I will recalibrate is the word they give me. What's meant by that is that sometimes humans can't tolerate it. It's too painful to watch their animals, quote unquote, suffering. And they just have to put them to rest. Or vets say, your animal's suffering. You have to put it, they use the words down. I don't tend to use that word. I say put put the animal to rest. It's just a better vibration to that phrase, put the animal to rest. And, and so sometimes humans need to do that. And sometimes the animals say, yeah, that was that was a bit of a mistake. And yet here's how we're going to clean it up. They forgive very quickly, very easily. But they will still still sometimes say that was a mistake and heed the message. You need to remember this for the future. I wasn't ready to go. And you need to practice tolerating what I needed, be it if there's another animal in a similar situation. I have a caller that just called in. I'm going to try to see if this one works this time. (laughs) Okay. Great. Hi, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you, Jason? Good, man. Who's calling? My name is Sherry, and I was actually calling. I had a a dog that went to the other side, I want to say, like six years ago, unexpectedly, and I want to see if he's still connected with me. Great great question, Sherry. And this is, um, it's an ethics question, actually, around that people quite often ask me, to validate in a minute what's going on with their pets. And what I've been guided to do, although many animal communicators will just give readings on the spot, what I've been guided to do is to do the sessions in a very formal way, which means we need at least 45 minutes to give that animal what I call free reign. I said that earlier in the session, to have a voice. Otherwise, it's disrespectful. Remember, the animals never dial together. You still have access. Even though six years, 20 years, 50 years go by, you still have access. And if you want to get into a meditative state, Sherry, you could do that where you're just very calm and centered. 
and bring your animal, of, of an image of your animal to you and say, give me more information here. Are you still around? Are you still serving me? Do you have any messages for me? And I'll, I'll teach you something if you're open to this, and that is how to stay, say, I love you telepathically. Would you like to know that? This is something that I teach in my classes. And the way you do it is that you visualize the shapes of hearts in a very three-dimensional way, going from your heart to what's your pet's name? Bailey. Bailey. Okay, notice I said it in the present tense because you still have access to Bailey. Send hearts, the shapes of hearts, from your heart to Bailey's heart in a line. I call it a beeline. Directly from your heart to Bailey's heart. And as you do that, sometimes people need to practice a little bit because this is actually a form of animal communication, telepathic communication. And as you do that, Bailey's energy will likely feel it. Especially when we first start, the animals are very forgiving, even if we're having trouble doing it. And stay open to whether you feel hearts coming back towards you from Bailey. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you so much. Good. Thank you. Thanks for calling. All right. Yeah, thank you for calling. Okay. Thank you, sir. Wendy, I have another caller here that just called. I'm going to try them as well. Hold on one second. Sure. That was great, by the way. Hi, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. How are you? Good. Man, who's calling? Uh, this is Jeffrey. Hi, Jeffrey. What's your question for Wendy Cooper this evening? I just had a quick question. Um, <clears throat> you know, how long does it take you or take a uh, animal to be taking once leaving the earth plane uh, going on to the other side? Jeffrey, what was the question? You blanked out a little bit. How long does it take the animal to get to from begin the earth plane to, to the other side? I guess that, and how long does it uh, take in order for you to start picking up the, the communication? Oh, we have immediate communication. There are different, okay. these shortcuts that I get. Yeah, great question, too. There are these shortcuts that I have, and one of them is uh, we didn't miss a beat. In other words, they're talking about a heartbeat there, but also that's a phrase that we all understand what it means that what, when – they go, in this case, from the earth plane to the other side when they leave their bodies. There is no disconnect that we mm-hmm. still have access to them, whether they're on the earth plane or whether they've crossed over from the earth plane. We still very much have access. Sometimes what I do is I actually am present either by phone or in person at the animal's crossover when they are put to rest. Um, and, and sometimes, actually, the animals have crossed over during my sessions as I'm doing energy work because we're, give, we're giving them such freedom to just release and let go. That's a very cool thing. But the idea is that they just have that freedom, but they also have the, we have the ability to connect with them throughout the process letting them know what's going to happen next and seeing what it is they need, making sure they understand what's happening and, and learning from them too about what the process is like or in reference mm-hmm. to crossing yeah. over. And what type of communications um, uh, do you do with uh, maybe animals that are uh, maybe ill, maybe have like seizure disorders or, you know, some terminal disorder and, you know, maybe um, like what type of things do they generally when they're going through these types of disorders. 
Yes, that's about physical challenges, and I, I do do some work all that on that. Although I'm doing less work than I used to on that, but I will give you an example of a session that I did last week uh, with a cat named Jack, and he's this amazing, cool cat, and he stopped eating. And uh, he had a few physical challenges, and so the vets were saying, listen, it's, if he's not eating, he's, he's not going to be able to stay here. And so his human, Janet, called me and said, what do we need to do? And, and so we tuned in, and what it turned out to be is that Jack actually lost his sister about six months ago. Uh, another cat, and um, what we heard was that these were twin souls, Jack and, and his sister, um, Allie, and, and that we needed to do all this energy work, which we did, around separating them because Allie needed to stay on the other, well, obviously she's on the other side, but Jack started to follow her. And we set very clear boundaries. I did what's called an energy separation between them. And, and Jack started is coming back around. That talked to Janet this week, and he's eating again. He's not hiding in the closet like he was. He's playing more. And we're still going to do some things like flower essences for Jack to help him come back into himself and want to be here. But things like there was a pill issue where Janet couldn't get the pills in his mouth without without them there being such challenges and yet what came through is Jack asked Janet to do, give it to him in a certain way and it's really made a difference for both of them so it's much 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 less stressful when you ask that question about what we can do about physical illness, there are many different things that come through. Sometimes it is as simple as energy work. Sometimes it's about some things that the human is doing, that the human needs to straighten some things out in their personal life, and then the domino effect is on the animal. And, and other times, like in this case, it was about doing the energy work and helping Jack separate from Allie, his twin soul, as, as they called it. And so we'll see. He did say he hasn't decided whether he's crossing over or not. So, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with Jack. But, um, yeah, fascinating session. Well, it was very insightful, and I thank you for your time. And um, uh, thank you for putting on the show, uh, Jason. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Jeff. We appreciate it. We have another caller, Wendy. I am sure. going to try this one now. Hi, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. This is um, Anna. Um, I have a dog. Um, I thought I was going to um, be able to bring him to work with me, but I have to do one more thing, and I don't know when that date is going to be before I can you know, file for the service dog um, application. I just want to be secure in my job first. Do you see my dog um, ever making it, or is he okay with waiting for this moment? It's just very frustrating for me. Well, this is a good question, too, Anna, around dogs doing certain things, such as being therapy dogs, coming to work. Usually they yeah. want to do these things, but... It, it may be worth it for you to do an actual session to see if that's exactly what he wants. And if it is, if there's anything that he needs to make it easier for him, easier for you, if he wants you to assist him to in, in some way when he's, when he's actually going to work with you and to help him understand that he needs to wait. 
we find yeah, out if it's I frustrating had, to him. I had a dream about him that he came with me to work, but that he was pooping. And, you know, that he was maybe, maybe he's afraid that he won't be able to hold it together there. I don't know. Dreams are interesting. They can be meaningful to us and not their, our animals. And yet, mm-hmm. at other times, they're very much related to the animals. So what I would do in a session is take that dream and ask, what's your pet's name? I'm just going to say B. B. Okay. And ask B what it is that he um, needs in reference to that issue, if that dream was relevant to him in some way or if it's more relevant to you. Good question, though. Yeah, what's the dream mean? Yeah, it could be it could be more relevant to me because I'm like, you know, the dog is definitely my spirit animal too, like you guys were talking about it earlier about sure. you know, how close and he, I, I do dream. I think maybe, you know, this dream is showing me that he doesn't like that place for me so much, you know? Yeah. Could be. I'd also want to know what your dog's mission is with you, too. In other words, what his purpose is, how he well, is serving I kind of, you. Yeah, I kind of know what his purpose is. I, I know Good. what his purpose is. Yeah, we're, Excellent. Yeah. But that's great. Good. What is your website? It's www.animalcommunication.biz. Biz, B as in bark, I-Z, and no S's. Animalcommunication.biz. Okay, but you don't seem to do be doing any live readings on the air tonight, right? Correct. Okay. I would like to know what your prices are. Um, yes, feel free to email me that, and uh, because it depends on the situation around what the price is. Oh, I see. It depends on how okay. many animals are in the home. It depends on a few different things. And uh, what's so your feel email? free to email me. Wendy at animalcommunication.biz. Wendy at animalcommunication.biz. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thanks Thank for you, coming Wendy. on. Uh, love You're welcome. Show. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. I wanted to ask you, Wendy, we have about six and a half minutes left, and I wanted to ask you, since we were talking about your website, how do people learn how to communicate with their animals with you? What exactly, uh, what classes do you offer? And I know that they can communicate with you by your website and through your email. But if you could tell us a little about the classes you offer, I want to make sure we highlight that before our episode ends. Thanks, Jason. Sometimes I teach people right in the, in the, within the context of their session how to do animal communication with their personal pet. And yet I also teach teleclasses, actually, so that everybody in the world can attend the classes. That's what I've been guided to do. I used to teach classes in person, and then I was guided to to teach not even classes through online classes, but teleclasses where we all get on the same telephone line. And then I'm sending a 40-slide PowerPoint presentation in advance to people. And if they're not computerized, I can still get the data to them. And then we we all get on the line. And it's a two-hour class, two weeks in a row. It's very, very simple. I make it really easy for people to do this. And they get a practice partner to practice with, uh, and it's a, it's that's how I do the classes. It's it's really fun, and it's about building spiritual muscle, and and people love it. Yes, thanks for asking. Absolutely, I want to make sure that our 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 listeners can 
plug into this, so to speak, and connect in the sense of if they want to learn more about this from you. And since you offer this, I, I definitely think it's highly recommended that they contact you and find out more about this opportunity. Um, you have two numbers as well. Is that correct, that you can be reached? I do. I'll give you my phone numbers. One is an 800 number, and that is 800-510-0149. And the local number, which people can use either one really, is 941-806-7080. And that's actually a non-texting line. Yeah, non-texting line. I wanted to mention something else, though, about the classes, that in my advanced class, I teach some really fun things like how to help road kill. Yes, it's actually oh. the animals that are on the side of the road, how, <laughs> how to assist them, and also how to get rid of animals, critters in a space, such as ants or fleas or rodents, and that's really fun as well. That's great. Tell me also, when you go out in public, fun animals, when you're out and about? Oh. <laughs> I have very, very good boundaries. That is probably the result of my psychotherapy training. Uh, When I'm out and about, Jason, I am loving life with my five senses. Now, of course, my intuition is always there, just like everyone's is. And yet, it is a very, very rare situation when an animal actually calls on me in the way you're describing if, if I were that open where the animals were just able to have access to me, I wouldn't be able to keep doing this work. It would be too stressful yeah. for me. And therefore, I'm, I'm really good with boundaries. Yes. Can you tell me a little about, and I know we had this conversation before the show, but I want you to share with our audience about the dolphin winter from the Dolphin Tale movie and your experience with winter. Yes, it was a very beautiful, there were actually two movies dolphin tail movies with a a dolphin called Winter, and Winter's tail was cut off. I think it was through a boat accident, and she, her life was saved, and the movies have to do with creating a prosthetic for her tail. She is in Clearwater, Florida now, and she's still alive, and I happened to be in Clearwater, Florida a couple of years ago with a friend and we were there as my friend was getting a membership. I got kind of bored because it seemed to take quite a bit of time, and I decided just to tune in to Dolf, to, to Winter, the dolphin. And immediately what she told me is, I am so bored. And what I thought is, I must be getting this wrong, because how could this <laughs> dolphin be bored? She's made. I think she was in the process of making the second movie at that time, she had worldwide wide attention, and but sure enough, as I went deeper with the communication, she said, please look in my tank. She says, what do you see? And as I looked in her tank, I looked down at the water, I didn't see anything. There were no toys, there were no fake plants, and she says, how do you think this would be for me if I were in the ocean? This wouldn't happen, Right. Please let them know that I need more everyday kinds of experiences where I have things in the water. And I I told one of the zookeepers there, and she got a little bit defensive, and yet within about a half hour, my friend and I were taking a tour, and one of the other zookeepers, for lack of a better phrase there, 
uh, started saying, yeah, we've heard from an animal communicator that that Winter needs some more things in her tank, so we're going to get that for her. And so that's not always the case, but in that situation, I was guided to actually tell the people there what it was she she needed, and I did. And I'd never checked up. I never followed up on whether they did it or they didn't do it. My goal is just to give the the data, and and um, people can do what they want what they want with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great story. Though. I, I just wanted to share that because I I just think it's great that you could be out and about in a in a, in a water pool. Well, I guess it's a zoo, and you had Winter reach out to you, and hopefully you helped her condition as a result of your uh, interaction with her keepers. <laughs> But one of the important things about this, Jason, is that I used to avoid places like that because it seemed cruel to me to take animals and domesticate them. And yet, when I started doing animal communication, that completely shifted because consistently, animal after animal was saying, I am happy. I am here, they'd say, for one of three reasons, either to educate, to entertain, or to pull at the heartstrings so that people will give money. It was a total wake-up call to me. I just never dreamed that, and that they were happy in these environments, and they were proud, proud, and pleased. This was their mission in the world. This is why they were here, um, to serve the collective. Fascinating to me. Fascinating. That sounds amazing just to think about that. You know, you can look at animals so differently when you can actually think of them communicating with us and giving us the opportunity of understanding them better and learning from them, not just having them. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to thank you for coming on our show because we are running out of time at this point. But I, I definitely believe that you, just with what you shared in this one hour with us, I feel strongly empowered about any animal that I can interact with, even roadkill. I'm excited to uh, to try learning more about animal communication from you, and I encourage our audience to contact you and reach out to you. The website, once again, is www.animalcommunication.biz, and uh, Wendy's email is wendy at animalcommunication.biz. I think uh, from my vantage point, I'm all big about paradigm shift, Wendy, and I think from our episode today, I feel very strongly that you've helped give us information that can cause us to look at our pets and other animals from a different perspective and to see them as the purpose that they have in our lives and just giving us that opportunity to really learn from animals and knowing that they're wise creatures and they give us that opportunity to integrate that knowledge and hopefully make us better in, in terms of our greater place on this planet. And, uh, no I really doubt, appreciate Jason. You coming. Yeah. I really thank appreciate you, you coming so on. Much. And thank, thank you. Thank you for yes, being my pleasure. <laughs> teachers and healers. That's what the animals are. Teachers and healers. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. 
With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.